to Ministry Mondays with Meg. I'm Meg. <laughs> I'm Reverend Meg Biddle. I'm the National Coordinator of Ministry Life at ABHMS. And uh, welcome to the welcome to the show. Whether you're listening or watching, we are so glad that you are here um, today. I have a really special guest. I mean, all my guests are special. I'll say that. But this one, I'd say he needs no introductions, but I'm sure not everybody knows Dr. Park. Um, but I just finished with two of his classes um, at Central. And um, so on purpose, I waited until we were done <laughs> with our <laughs> class because I didn't want anybody to think playing favorites, even though I know I am. Um, and uh, today, my guest is Reverend Dr. John Park. Dr. Park, I'm so glad I finally have you on the show. Um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for, for being here and um, being a part of, of the Ministry Mondays with Meg community. You already got the t-shirt, so you're ahead of the game. Um, so. For those who don't know who you are, why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody a little bit about you, what you do, um, and we'll kind of go from there. Hello, everyone. I am uh, John Park. I'm originally from South Korea, as you can see. Um, I've been living here in the United States for the last 27 plus years, and um I've been working at Central as Doctor of Ministry Program Director. I am an Associate Professor of Leadership and Congregational Health, and I also hold the, the Pair Chair of Congregational Health. And also on Sundays, I am a preaching pastor in my church here in Overland Park. And I've been married to Sumi Park, my wife, for the last 26 plus years. As a matter of fact, my 27th wedding anniversary is coming up in less than 10 days. And, yeah. And I have one son uh, who is working full time. Um, and how long have you been at Central now? Six, seven years? Yes, this is my seventh year. Seventh year. And I think you get busier, right? Each year, it seems like. Yes, the because you know the phone that I've been running is growing, yeah. and people are showing interest and making inquiries. Yeah, um, and you teach here, but you—I don't know if everybody knows that you also teach abroad as yes, as well, right? Yes, we have uh, extension sites: one in Yangon, Myanmar, and the other one in um, Seoul, Korea, South Korea. So I get to travel to Korea twice a year uh, in order to teach in my class and also interact with students and faculty members there as well. Um, the sad thing is that I won't be able to you know, go to Myanmar uh, at least for a while because of the coup and uh, you know, the situation there. Uh, as a matter of fact, I haven't been able to go to Myanmar since 2000. 2000. And the good thing, although, uh, is that we've been able to uh, host students from Myanmar, and we are expecting another cohort coming to Central um, in March next year. Oh, wow. That's great that there's another cohort yes. coming. And I think the cohort behind mine is, is, a, is a large group as, as well. So, I mean, 
Yeah, we have different cohorts. So I think the one you're referring to is a creative leadership cohort. And the one that I was referring to is MIT, Myanmar Institute of Theology cohort. So, and then, you know, there are two Korean programs and one online program. So there are five different tracks. So you're you you're really like you have to be kind of like the 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 guy at the flight deck, you know, like yeah. you're, where you're coming, going, what you're right, right. what and you're doing. Oh my goodness! Um, try and keep a track of where you are with everything and every. <laughs> oh yeah, I would need a giant like board and pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, um, or maybe like when I was a pastor, I had note cards uh-huh. for everybody, um, kind of thing. Um, that's a, that's a lot of students. Uh, yeah, um, been blessed by God to have yeah. students from you know not only from the United States but also from Korea and also uh, Myanmar and missionaries from different countries as well. Yeah, yeah. So I always have to remember what time you know the zones that I'm in, especially when I work with students from Myanmar or Korea. Korea is always fourteen hours ahead of us. Myanmar eleven and a half and a half hours ahead of us. And then Pakistan and, you know, uh, Nepal, there are other countries that also have to, you know, be aware of the time differences that we have. But what a great problem to have. I mean, that's, yes, it is. It is a great problem to have. So what what brought you to the United States? Was it was it teaching? Was it school education? I mean, you've been here. Yeah. Since- you know, initially I came to the United States to study. So back in 1999, I came to the United States to pursue PhD studies. First, as central—I mean, not central—but Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary in Fort Worth, Texas, where I was a PhD student with my wife. I was studying missiology, and my wife was studying church history. And uh, I wasn't able to complete the whole thing. I was a ABD, you know, um, all but this station. Uh, and um, while I was working on my dissertation, I felt called to go into full-time ministry instead of part-time. So I folded my studies and went out to Northern California, uh, Sunnyvale to be exact, where I served an English-speaking congregation uh, for about four years. Okay. That is, is ministry, I know for, for a lot of us, like it, it, it seems, seems to be like a, a a generational thing it was were there ministers already in your family before you um uh no uh, but oh, okay. but <laughs> my father and my mother they were like deacons in the church okay. uh but so my, i'm the second generation christian uh but on my wife's side um you know she has uh, pastors her siblings are pastors and cousins are pastors uh, so there are many ministry leaders. I don't think I knew that about your wife's family, that, that she had siblings that were pastors and, and family members that were, I don't think, yeah, I don't She's the fourth generation Christian. Uh, her grandmother and great grandmother uh, and her father and mother uh, and, you know, her siblings are all in ministry. And um, her grandmother came down from North Korea, along with uh, her father. Uh, so they used to live in Pyongyang, which is the the capital city of North uh, North Korea. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, we've heard the we've heard the story in in class, me, but it's it's always good to hear it again, and mm -hmm. you put more of the pieces together and go, oh, I missed that yes. detail, or oh, I didn't know that about his wife. It's 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 good to it's good to know people's story. Sure. Um, so when you got here, you you were you went to Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, what is that like? coming i mean the only international travel i've ever done is a trip to israel and i know mm -hmm. what that felt like but still people you know spoke my own language there i mean uh so what is it like when you come is there did you did you feel very much the stranger did you find welcoming did you find community yes um so i had studied english when i was in korea and also as a Korean uh, male who was obligated to go into the army, I, as a matter of fact, I took a test to go into a program called KATUSA, Korean Augmentation to the United States Army. So oh. I was at KATUSA working closely with uh, U.S. soldiers. So that was my first, I guess, taste of the American culture and what it's like to, you know, uh, work with Americans first. And so when I first came to the United States back on January the 9th, 1999, I had some expectation, I guess, of the people that I'll be meeting with. And so when I went to the seminary, I kind of expected the, the students there to you know, extend hospitality and to be kind and to, you know, take the initiatives to maybe form a relationship with international students. And but then I was wrong. Uh, I mean, everybody was busy with their work schedule, you know, classes and whatnot. And so instead of waiting to have that kind of hospitality or to, you know, experience their kindness, I decided to reach out to them first instead of like waiting to be greeted. I greeted them first and I took initiatives and, you know, forming relationships with them. And I try to ex extend hospitality to them as well. Um, I met many good people along the way. And also I developed a special relationship with some of the faculty members as well as staff. And um, also met many international uh, students and North American students who were also very you know, kind as well. And also the churches that I worked at, uh, different churches that I worked at, you know, some of the churches in uh, the Dallas area, as well as Sunnyvale, and and then back in Texas, as well as here in Kansas, the faith communities were always the ones that welcomed me and accepted me as I am. And I'm still, I still have, you know, maintained good relationships with those churches and church leaders and church members as well. Yeah. So that must really, given your history, that must really play into, um, how, how you teach, how mm -hmm. you serve, how you, um, I mean, not that American students are any less welcome, but, you know, as someone who's seen it from the sidelines, um, you know, uh, how welcoming you are, especially of our colleagues that, mm -hmm. that are not from, from here. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, it's, is there anything that you would have done differently or, you know, you look back at it and you're like, yeah, I, I think I made that, you know, 
Um, I, I'm happy with the, the way things kind of went. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, so you went from Dallas, right? And right. Then, and then what? Then you, was it from Dallas to here? Uh, Dallas to uh, Sunnyvale, uh, the San Jose area. Okay. And, and back then, to and back to Dallas, where I did my PhD studies, and then okay. from there to Kansas. And then there to Kansas. Okay. And and you always do more than one thing. That's right? true. Like, <laughs> yeah, it is is is. I think you have this incredible work ethic. Um, and what here you you have all of this going on with Central and. You're incredibly active in the community, like what you're bicycling and. Yeah, yeah, I, I love bicycling with uh, my church members and a few, you know, persons from other uh, places, and so every Saturday at seven o'clock we get together and bike for a couple of hours. Usually, biking anywhere between twenty to twenty-eight miles. And uh, we also, you know, um, take a break for coffee and fellowship. Yeah. What do you do on those bicycle rides? What do we do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I get. Yeah, you're riding, but I mean, is is that like a is that like a time of devotion, prayer, or is that just a? Like oh a yeah, I sometimes uh, bike my by myself, and when I bike. I definitely, especially when I, you know, bike myself, I use that time to pray and and also um, meditate and enjoy the, you know, uh, the things mm-hmm. uh, around me. And I also enjoy the fact that I can, you know, travel a long distance on my own, using my own legs. And um, I think that's when, because I grew up in a mountain uh, area, so I feel closer to you know, the the trees and the open area, as well as um, the people who, you know, say hi to one another, especially bikers, you know, they always wave at each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I enjoy doing that as well. Yeah. Uh, we always called that the wave factor. Uh-huh. Like, you know, because I grew up in Indiana and uh-huh. they're like, you can tell how friendly a town is by uh, the wave factor, which right. is, you know, people that just wave at random people whether they know them or not you know when you drive past their house and they're out in the yard so uh-huh. um i i i love the the i'm just thinking 28 miles um yeah you got time to 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 do a lot of thinking um during during that ride um so in your role as the uh program director central mm-hmm. so so what is what is a program director what does all does that entail is that one of those just like everything um i mean what is it that what is your role to do there is it is it enrollment we know you teach as well mm-hmm. what, what what is a yeah so as a program that? director uh you know i'm an administrator right i administrate yeah. uh, the whole program as I mentioned earlier, there are different tracks, like one online and mm-hmm. or different uh, tracks offline. And I get to travel to different countries. And, and and while I am in Korea, or used to be in Myanmar, where I taught classes, but I also worked with 
you know, faculty and students and even alums. So there are times when alums get together and they invite, you know, faculty to, you know, spend some time with them. And also I have to, I am involved uh, closely with recruiting and then admission interviews because Dr. Ministry Committee uh, interviews all applicants, but then there are subcommittees uh, that also interview, you know, students as well, applicants as well. And also I have to make sure that the program is assessed and, and also uh, I have to make sure that the students are retained well and graduate, in other words, complete their studies. And even after they, you know, finish their studies, I try to maintain relationships with them. So one of the things that I emphasize during new student orientation is, you know, we are in this together for a long while. You know, I don't want you to just finish your studies and say goodbye to Central and goodbye to me. Rather, we are co-laborers, right? We are uh, partners in ministry. And I want Central to be a place of resource, a place of uh, renewal, a, a place of like, you know, finding uh, encouragement, uh, especially, you know, as our ministry leaders work so hard and sometimes feel lonely and sometimes uh, so, you know, stressed out. Uh, I remember a time when a, one of the students uh, broke out in tears, especially during the pandemic, because she confided in us saying that she was so tired and she has to be the leader and pastor, in, in, you know, engaged in so many different things. She always had to be a, a leader, but then she said, I am glad that I can be here. I don't have to, you know, put on any more hats. I just need, I am glad that I can be me. And we all there praying for, you know, her. And and that is, I think, the kind of place Central can be. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it certainly is, but, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased as well. So um, I, I've, I have found it uh, life-giving and life-changing mm -hmm. um, for my for myself, um, and um, plenty of of support and through some really incredibly difficult things. Yeah. Um, that I am just uh, grateful beyond words uh, for, and um, and and for this whole creative leadership program. Um, as I was thinking about the creative leadership part of it, thinking, you know, how long you've, you've been here, all the different um, ministries you've served in, how have you seen your own leadership evolve? Um, yeah, I definitely, uh, it has grown. Um, I, I guess one of the mottos for me early on was to be humble and stay humble. No matter how great accomplishments, accomplishments I might have, I always make wanted to make sure that I am the same person. I don't let my ego, you know, get bloated or grow, you know, bigger than, than God or anything uh, because I am the same person. And when God blesses individuals, uh, you know, uh, you are enabled to accomplish many things. And also, it's not just you who makes things happen. It's always you and other people, other people and you working together as a team. Uh, just like, you know, Max Dupree would say, 
you know, the first responsibility of a leader is to define reality. And the last thing is to say, thank you. And in between you are a servant. So I always consider myself a servant. And whenever a leadership opportunity is given, you know, I remain thankful and I try to make, accomplish the goals. But at the end, uh, at the end of the day, you are back to being a servant, back to a, a, a child of God. And whenever there are needs, I think God can raise people. And if you are there and available and God wants to use you and people want to you know, give you leadership, then you, your leadership is on loan, right? You are asked to lead, but then you know, when everything is done and over with, you are back to where you need to be. And so I always try to make sure that my ego doesn't you know, grow bigger. And also, I have seen myself uh, continuing to, you know, read up on many uh, books on leadership, not only the uh, popular ones, but also academic ones as well. And also, I try to um, meet people who are leaders, who are, uh, you know, serving in various, um, you know, areas. And when I converse with them, you know, I gain insights. I also hear their stories. And, you know, in Korea, we call this uh, people are like, you know, um, human books or people books, right? Uh, they are not just, you know, in book format, but they are people who offer insights and information and, and wisdom and, and knowledge. So, you know, I, I work with, you know, books. The Bible is a book. And also we, you know, we have to read a lot of books, right? But people, right. people are also, you know, kind of, you know, people books as well. I like <laughs> that. No. Any sense at all. No, I don't, th I don't think I've ever heard of, of people, people books, but that makes <laughs> sense. I mean, we are with some of our stories when we're not here. Right. You know, um, hopefully people will tell a good story about us, mm -hmm. you know, is, is, would be my, would be my hope. I like that both people books. Um, do you, do you have, um, I know you read all the time and, and the leadership books, but do you have a very favorite book? Not the Bible. That is not the Bible. <laughs> I'm going to say that. That is not the Bible. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, I guess there are uh, many books out there, uh, but I guess one of the books that I always uh, found myself uh, drawn to um is uh, a, a i mean well, let me put it this way uh there's a book uh written by jr uh woodward it's a, a book that came out recently and it's called leadership scandal um and that book uh is a a really good book and um it talks about academically as well as um biblically about how leadership can be challenged and how um, our modern, um, you know, capitalist uh, also, you know, uh, sometimes greedy things can play into our leadership. And also the, you know, I know we don't, we rarely talk about the, you know, the spiritual beings, right? The evil spirits and whatnot, but those things sometimes play into uh, our Christian leadership. So, uh, J.R. Woodward uh, did a great job of, you know, dealing with the importance of how we need to continue to remind ourselves that we are 
followers of Christ before we become I, leaders. I think I'm, I will put that in the, in the show notes um, in case others want to uh, look for that. But um, that, that's a recommendation that I'm going to, I'm going to definitely look into that one and, and add that to, I mean, I already have plenty of things to read, sure. but it sounds <laughs> yes, fantastic, right. actually. And then, um, you know, Max Dupree is another person that I enjoy, you know, reading, like his leadership is a jazz, right? Um, you know, the code that I, you know, shared earlier uh, is by Max Dupree. And I also enjoy reading books by Eugene Peterson. You can't go wrong there. I mean, yeah, you can't go wrong with Eugene Peterson. Uh, and maybe not everybody knows you have a YouTube channel, right? Yes, I do. Um, that we'll put a link to in the, in the show notes. Um, and so your, who is your intended audience for your YouTube channel though? Well, I used to have, uh, so I have two, but then the first one, I no longer, you know, do any updates at all because um initially i started with this youtube channel called daring to speak 22 ideas to improve your ability to speak english uh, which is also the title of a book that i self-published uh, through amazon uh, and um so that channel reached uh, 1000 subscribers at some point and i and i stopped that and then i started another youtube channel called young sol ji gong it's a korean uh, basically, English with John Park. So that's the uh, the title of my YouTube channel, and it has about two thousand four hundred something subscribers. I have eleven members, like pay members, who get to spend uh, some time on a regular basis. So I have a, like a monthly Zoom meeting with my members. Oh well, that's cool, and yeah. that I, and that's one of the things when I went to. Um, a conference in las vegas that uh -huh. that the up and well not up and comers but also you know those who are actually making money at it that was something that they were um talking about how the importance uh -huh. of, of having having that um those, those paid subscribers and and mm -hmm. um engaging with right. them when that was so um so there's some good advice for people who are uh, considering starting a, a YouTube channel. Um, for those who may not know you, you uh, introduced our group to mm -hmm. the chat GPT, right. um, which I agree with how you put it to our class that it is a great place to get started. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, and, and then it just seems like exactly like like you said ai exploded yes um so i mean obviously that's something that very much interests mm -hmm. you yeah um mm -hmm. how do you how do you see that helping um people in ministry oh yeah i think we need to always keep our antennae up for what is coming and what is emerging as leaders right uh, one of the things that I, you know, get to teach in my class is being able to lead from the future. So we're not leaving the future right now, but there are signs, you know, things that are emerging and leaders, you know, see those emerging signs and, you know, 
and and see how they are evolving, how they are developing, right? And when I saw ChatGPT and other things that are also happening, like metaverse and robotics and you know blockchain technologies and and whatnot, um, you know, so many times we focus so much on what is here, but then we are people of faith, being sure of what is to come and what is you know not seen. Uh, so I, I think that puts us in a place where we need to really go to God and also help ask him to help us um, like, like the Iscariots, Iscariot, one of the you know, tribes of Israel who knew the times, uh, the times and knew what they were supposed to do, like the Israelites had to do. And I think we should pay attention to what is happening right now, but also what are emerging, right? As a signs of the future. Um, so, these, some of these developments are things that we need to pay close attention to and, you know, stay um, updated on. And, um, I, and, and I understand how, you know, the new can, can feel scary, um, but there's that anything that we don't understand mm-hmm. is, is scary. I, I, I think um, it's, it's irresponsible if we don't at least have some understanding of of what these things are. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's fair for us to just go, oh, that's bad, and make that a blanket statement because, um, I mean, like you said, it, it it is the future and being people of, of faith, I think you need to be informed mm-hmm. as well. Um, so as, if you look back at your life, what advice would you give yourself? Would you, yeah. What advice would you give yourself? Would you be like, okay, John Park, I want you to know, you know, this. Like, is there something you would have done differently? Advice you would give to your younger self? Sure. I uh, grew up in a city called Busan, which is yeah. down in the south. Uh, in Korea, which is second largest um, city. And, but then at the same time, I grew up in a mountain area of Busan. So uh, it was a small town uh, I grew up in. And because of that, I guess, because of that upbringing, when I went to college, I also ended up going to a church that had, um, whose leader had a um, fortress mentality. And so we uh, were almost like indoctrinated uh, to prioritize everything around evangelism. Evangelism is important and we definitely live our lives as witnesses and no doubt about that. But then um, if we think differently outside of box or if we have different opinions or different positions, then we will look down upon. And I think that is something that uh, did a, um, a terrible thing uh, to me, especially the way I develop my mind. And, and so I would definitely, you know, encourage me or advise me, younger me, to think outside the box and to be open to different, you know, theological stances and thoughts, um, camps of thoughts and opinions. I would also encourage me to uh, embrace diversity and inclusivity. I'll also uh, encourage me to travel more often and meet new people. And um, one of the things that I think I've done a good job on is to try to learn new languages. So 
I, I will tell myself to, uh, I would tell myself that, hey, you've done a good job, especially in that this area, and which allowed me to travel to different countries and interact with them uh, much, you know, easier. Um, and and also, I would definitely encourage me to think um, about finance and help, you know, develop a good understanding of how finance works and how to save and how to invest and and uh, how to give, um, especially because Koreans are still not um, good at like donating to good causes and organizations and whatnot. I worked, um, you know, as a fundraiser for 18 and a half, 18 and a half months uh, for Central. And during that time, uh, I realized how important it is to learn to be able to give early on believing in causes and, you know, especially seminaries and places that, that are so important for our societies. Those are, those are great answers. Um, those are, I really, really, especially I, I appreciate the, um, talking about the, the church that you grew up. Cause I think so many of us have similar kind of experiences mm -hmm. and, um and and then when by the grace of god our our eyes are are opened um it really is life changing and and life giving mm -hmm. um and and i'm i am i think like you and so many others uh grateful for those opportunities that god has given us um so for everyone watching or or listening we'll make sure that we put uh, books and, and links and things like that in the show notes, but I, will, I have to ask you my joy question. Okay. Um, it is my it is my favorite question. Um, so think about all those things that you do in your life and and what brings you joy. Uh, what brings me joy? Uh, mm -hmm. First and foremost, I find uh, great joy in knowing the fact that I'm a child of God and that I'm loved by my family and my loved ones and uh, my communities. I'm also, you know, um, um, a valued member of my communities, uh, of which I am a member. Um, also, seeing people grow and people change for the better always brings me joy, especially as I work with students. I share the earlier how people uh, find joy and encouragement in being with faculty and other students where they feel safe. And I also find great joy in um, when I see students uh, find solutions to their you know, long-held problems or long-held issues. Um, when I see them having aha moments uh, you know, that definitely brings me joy. And, and also, uh, I, I find the great joy in, in growing things like, you know, my YouTube channel, for example. You know, when I see the number of subscribers go up, and, you know, it makes me uh, joyful. Yeah. And also, uh, when I see churches grow, not just numerically, but also in uh, maturity and in their outreach to community and in their service to not only to the immediate you know, community, but also greater community as well. 
Um, I also uh, find uh, joy in me uh, continuing to grow. I consider myself a learner, a lifelong learner. Um, so I always find joy in learning new things, new languages, having new experiences. But but as I age, as I grow older, um, as I'm in my early, I mean, early 50s, I also find joy in now going a little slow and, and you know, reflecting on how I've been doing things, my relationships, and in the way that I do things. Hmm. And this is what I love, is that 51 episodes now, and no two answers are the same. Mm -hmm. um, even if even if people answer it with the same general general kind of thing, they are everyone's joy is individual, um, which, you know, kingdom is what that all um, yes. it reminds me of. Um, I am grateful for you, for your ministry um, at Central and um, for all that you do uh, for being an encourager and um, just being willing to, to do the things that, that God asks of you and um, and the lives that have changed as a result along the way. So um, I really am. I, I am I am grateful for you and, and for Central's um, program. And I'll just pull another little plug out for Central if, you know, you're thinking about Yes. The deep men program. Uh huh. Uh, get a hold of me, and I'll introduce you to Dr. Park, or we'll get you Dr. Yes. Park's contact information. We'd love to to share it with you. Um, and I'm not just saying that um, to to be flip or anything. Um, Dr. Park knows. Um, I think. Um, yes. How, yes. How and Meg, you know, we essentially is also blessed and fortunate to have you as you know one of our students in the Demon program, and we always uh, support you and the work you do and, uh, yeah. and the HMS and the you know the great things that you guys do. Uh, we also root for you and you know uh, for the ministries that you are involved in as well. Yeah, yeah, and I'll say that's very very true. Is of of all of the professors, um, everyone is central. Everyone um, is just great about being um a cheerleader for all of us in in the many things that we do and the many ways that we serve and and um so i am i am i am grateful um i thank you for the gift of you and i thank you for your time and for sharing and uh, we'll make sure we share all this information with our our viewers so um thank you thank you dr park for doing this i appreciate thanks it thanks for having me on yes and we thank you um our our listeners and our our viewers uh for for being a part of this journey and we will see you next time all right